Welcome to Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, and welcome to today's podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code podcast heard nationwide. Yeah, getting emails from all over the place about our podcast. So today's episode is a continuation of the proposed changes to the 2020 National Electrical Code. And I have to give a disclaimer again. The changes that we're going to talk about today are based on what took place during the second draft meetings in San Diego, California. Now, they might be changes to what was in the first draft. So what I say today might not necessarily chime with what's in the 2017 because it actually was changed in the first draft based on public inputs. And then, of course, when that was published, people looked at it and said, yeah, I don't like this or I don't like that. So then they submit what's called public comments. And then we... We try to massage it there and meet the intent of the submitters. And then we come up with that, which is what we just did. And then we'll publish that and it's called a second draft. And then you look at that. If something you don't like in there and you think was wrong or wasn't substantiated right or whatnot, then you have a chance to do what's called a nit ma'am. And that's a motion stage. And you can motion that and of course and so you've got other chances to change the code so this is something we do every three years and it's an extensive process so whether you like the code don't like the code whatever you can respect the fact that it takes a lot of people involved to change this thing every three years to clarify it add information uh, make it more user friendly if you will that's that's an attempt to do whether we always achieve that or not who knows but that's the goal um And so that's what took place in San Diego and it is finishing up today, which is the uh, November 3rd. Although the two panels that I was on, code panel 5 and 17, we finished early. Uh, The first week I was there was 5 and then the second week I was there was 17. So we're finished all of our work. Uh, But there's still some other panels that came in at the end of the second week, and they're finishing up today if they didn't finish up yesterday. Uh, And, of course, then it's over. So by Sunday, tomorrow, the 4th, or by the end of the day, it should be totally complete. Uh, And so the things that we're going to talk about today is a continuation on the other proposed changes podcast that you've listened to, hopefully. And we're really talking about what's changed from the first draft stage and that's what we're here for the second draft and it's all based on public comments all right so let's you know let's kind of dig into it now this episode today is going to be only addressing uh well we're going to break this up because i would have said we're going to talk about chapter two which is wiring and protection however there are so many articles involved in this you know, there's 200, 210, 215, 220, 225, 230, 240, 242. Yes, 242 over voltage protection is in here. And then we've got 250. That is a lot. And people have told me they an hour is about as much of me they can tolerate. And some people listen to this would say even less. So we're going to break it down. So this episode, we're going to talk about Article 200. And now that's under the purview of code making panel five, 
I was on that code panel. So we're going to kind of discuss the changes. Now remember, these changes that we're going to talk about today are not set in stone because we still have to vote for it. So what I'm going to tell you now is accurate up to November 3rd of 2018. However, in a couple weeks, we're going to vote, and it could change all this. It could revert it back to the language it was in the first draft. Uh, it could actually revert it all the way back to the language that was in the 2017 National Electrical Code. So it's important that you stay into it, engaged into it. I mean, code is an awesome thing. Okay, um, so And also, what I'm starting to see is a subsect generation of code people who are really starting to get into this stuff. The younger generation is starting to get into this. A lot of the younger electricians. Um, there's a guy named Dustin Seltzer. I, I hope I said your name right, Dustin. Uh, is, is an electrician here in Texas, but man, he is getting into the code. And that's a beautiful thing. I love when the younger generation is starting to get engaged because us older guys are starting to move on, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're moving out. So hopefully I got another 20 years left in me, but you know, you know what I'm saying. So let's start looking at some of these changes. And uh, the first change we're going to look at is 200.6. And this is the means of identifying the grounded conductor, not to be confused with the means of identifying the grounding conductors, uh, like equipment grounding conductors. We're talking about the grounded conductor. So we have a little bit of a formatting change here. We moved around some list items, uh, if you will, uh, in order to make some things make better sense. But we also added some language uh, to really meet style manual intent and the flow of the list. But there was a significant change here uh, that allowed us uh, it's down under uh, the grounded conductors that are in multiple conductor cables. So that one we'll talk about in a second. But let's talk about what we did up here in 200.6a. So we took the list item that was item 6 and made it number 5. And we took item 5 and we made it number 6. Okay. Now we added some language in here and we'll look at it. But the real reason we did that because then we have to deal with some applications where we had aerial cables and we wanted to make reference to A1 through A5 and it didn't make sense because MI cable was 5 and really you don't deal with MI cable on an aerial cable application. I mean that's just not practical. Can't say it ain't never done, but I'm just saying that's not practical the way this flowed. So a little bit of a swap. So here's how it reads now. For sizes 6 AWG or smaller conductors that are an insulated grounded conductor of 6 AWG or smaller shall be, mandatory statement there, identified by one of the following means. Number one, it says the insulated conductor shall have continuous white outer finish. Number two, it says the insulated conductor shall have a continuous gray outer finish. We got rid of the A in front of those. Didn't make sense. Uh, item three is, it says the insulated conductor shall have three. We got a bit of a formatting issue there that hopefully the correlating committee will see. But it says the insulated conductor shall have three continuous white or gray stripes along the conductor's entire length. One other than green insulation. Obviously, that's not a significant change. That's the way it was before. Uh, item number four says... Insulated conductors, instead of saying wires, it's insulated conductors that have their outer covering finish to show a white or gray color, but have colored tracer threads in the braid, in the braid identifying the source of manufacture are acceptable means of identification. Okay, so just clarifying item number four. Now, 
The real change in here, other than adding extra lead-in words, was, again, swapping five and six. Now, five currently reads, the grounding conductor of a mineral-insulated uh, metal sheath cable, type MI, for example, shall be identified at the time of installation by a distinct marking at its terminations. Okay. That is being swapped with item six. Well, what is item six? It's now going to become item five. And that is the single conductor sunlight resistant uh, outdoor rated cable used as a solidly grounded conductor in a PV system or PV power system as permitted in 690.41. It used to say 690.31, but it's actually 690.41 is what the change is. Okay. Now, that's the change there. Um, In that one, it's just swapping it. And then, of course, 7 says fixture wire shall comply with the requirements for grounding conductors uh, indicated as specified in 402.8. That's obviously dealing with flexible wire or fixture wire. Excuse me. Did I say flexible? Fixture wire. And, of course, the other change would be in item number 8, which is dealing with aerial cables. It used to say uh, shall be as above, but since it doesn't really apply to 6 and 7, um, and by reorganizing, taking six and making it five and moving the MI down, we really only wanted to correlate it with items one through five. So in here it says for aerial cables, the identification shall comply with one of the methods in 200.6A1 through five or by means of a ridge located on the exterior of a cable so as to identify it. Okay, so we've seen that a lot of time where it has the cords that'll have that little ridge on it or something like that. Or if it's in this case, since we're talking about an aerial cable, that is another option in order to be able to have ridge on the exterior of the cable assembly. Okay, and that would be the aerial cable. So that is the change there. Now the SR, now I'm going to tell you different SRs. is SR numbers, which stands for second revision. Kind of write these down because this gives you the insight on what the panel, and it also provides you with the panel statement. So for this one, it was based on SR, uh, or you can find the information from the committee on 7807. And what happened here is it lets you know which public comments kind of geared the committee to make this change. And so in this statement, the code panel said the phrases in, in... in the revised list are converted to complete sentences and restructured for clarity and consistency. Yes, that's what was done. And of course, the reference to 690.31 was changed to 690.41 to correlate correlate with the change that was made in Article 690. Okay, so that's where you go to get the reasons why. Now, if you want to get even more reasons, and you got to go read the public comments. And in some cases, you might need to even go back and read the first revision statement. To get additional clarity. Okay? So if you're writing that down, that is second revision 7807. Okay. The next one that I find pretty significant, and it was a considerable amount of debate because some people did not believe that the exception was really needed because of the way it mentioned it in the general statement of item uh, of, of subpart E, but I believe it did. That's just my opinion. And this clarifies what we're trying to do here. So again, this is falling under application where it's you're dealing with the identification of the grounded conductor. But in this case, we're dealing with the grounded conductor of a multi-conductor cable. It'll be like a tray cable, like an MC cable, uh, SE cable, uh, NMB cable, all these type of applications. Here's what it says. And I'll read you the code language 
that's proposed to be the change. Now, again, this gets voted on, and so it's got to get a two-thirds vote. But this is what we're looking at at this stage of the game. It says, the insulated grounded conductors in a multi-conductor cable shall be identified by continuous white or gray outer finish or by three continuous white or gray stripes on other than green insulation along its entire length. So again, that kind of mirrors the requirements that we saw in 200.6a. I mean, we get that. Okay, and then it goes on to say for conductors that are four AWG or larger in cables, identification of the grounded conductor shall be permitted to comply with 200.6b. We know that means that four and larger, you can do continuous gray or white, or at the time of insulation, a distinct marking could be tape, whatever that actually encircles the insulation. Okay, so you can identify it then. Okay, we get that, and that's all we're doing here. Then it goes on to say, for multi-conductor flat cables with conductors that are four and larger, an external ridge shall be permitted okay, to identify the grounded conductor. Okay, all these things are chiming with what we've done in 200.6a and b. Everything's good so far. Now, here's where the exceptions kick in. What if I have a multi-conductor cable, like a tray cable or MC cable, uh, AC cable, whatever it is, and... I have, let's just use an example. Let's say I have a, a MC cable that has blue, black, red, and white. Okay, so it's not a multi-wire branch circuit. So I've only got one grounded conductor in there. And we have to remember the rules that are stated in 200.4. When you have multiple circuits, then you need multiple grounded conductors, right? So going with this premise, if I wanted to take that MC cable, and let's say I didn't need the blue. I want to be able to re-identify that blue as a grounded conductor. Now, currently, you couldn't do that because it was smaller than a 4-gauge. Well, this change is going to say, look, it's a cable. You already It's, it's pre-made. It's pre-factory made. You're not, it's not a raceway where you could potentially install and go in later and add additional conductors in there. It's not. It's a pre-done cable assembly. So, we're going to allow you to take, let's say, the 12 gauges. Let's say it's a 12-4. It's got black, red, blue, and white. But now I want to have two separate branch circuits in there, but I don't want a multi-wire branch circuit. Okay. Then I can take the black and use the white, and I can take the red and use the blue that's re-identified as a grounded conductor. Where's the harm? We already allow this type of thing in 200.7 when we want to take a a white conductor and now make it an ungranted conductor, why wouldn't it be okay to take a conductor that was typically colored or an ungranted conductor and make it a grounded conductor as long as it's in the cable assembly? There is no harm. Here's the benefit of it. Many installers get out there and you buy a cable assembly and now something changes and you need an extra grounded conductor. This is going to allow you to do it rather than have to rip that out Order some special type of MC cable or tray cable assembly. This is a good thing for the electrician because there is no harm. There is no hazard, right? So at the end of the day, now there was arguments that what if the tape falls off? Well, tape is not the only way you need to do it. Plus, if you're concerned about tape falling off here, you didn't seem to be too concerned about the tape falling off under 200.6B, which distinctively allows us to do that in item number four. So that really doesn't hold any water. Um, so at the end of the day, now you have an exception. Here's what the exception says. It says, 
where the conditions of maintenance supervision ensure that only qualified persons service the equipment. Now, here's the, here's the thing. That is also no longer there. And I'm going to tell you where you'll see that because that's been removed as well. So don't get fooled by what's in the second revision information. What you have to do is scroll all the way down to what's called the details exit view if you're in TerraView. And if you scroll all the way down for that, then you've got to scroll down and find the, the revision that this is dealing with. Okay? And let me close this. So let me... Okay, so when I close that, I really caused a problem with my computer. Hold on. Bear with me. Okay, so it looks like there is an error in TerraView. Okay, because the exception was to say, right now it says where the conditions of maintenance are sufficient to ensure that only qualified persons service the installation of grounded conductors and multi-conductor cables shall be permitted to be permanently identified at the time terminations, uh, identified at their terminations at the time of installation by a distinctive white marking or other qualifying effective means. We changed all that to say white or gray, and we got rid of the conditions of maintenance and supervision. So somewhere in there, there's a mess up, and I'm unable to find it uh, in TerraView under what's called details existing or view existing. So there's an error there. Um, so obviously, I will make NFPA aware of that error, and they can get that corrected. But the whole intent here was to be able to re-identify, if you will, uh, or identify an, a colored conductor uh, other than white gray or green, obviously, uh, as such, because if they're white or gray, then they're already white or gray. You see what I'm saying? So it's allowed me to have multiple granite conductors in there, even if there was only one in there under the original construction of the cable assembly. So that's the change. Okay? The next change took place in 200.9, which is the means of identifying at terminals. So in the old language, it said substantially white, but we know that on devices, the terminals for the grounded conductor is not white. It's typically silver. So the word or silver or the phrase or silver in color was added. So it said used to say substantially white in color, but now it says substantially white or silver in color. Okay, so that was the change under SR7813. Okay, so 7813 dealt with that. And again, silver is not substantially white, but we know that a majority of those terminals are. Okay, and to be honest with you, finding any terminals that are actually substantially white are probably pretty rare. So um, it was needed to add the term silver because that typically is what we're, 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 we're getting into. The next, actually, you know what? Wow, for the first time ever, I did, I'm going to do a quick Article 200 podcast. That's all the significant changes at this point in Article 200, which is the use and identification of the grounded conductor, okay? So, recap, and I usually won't recap on the long ones. So, we, we have the change in the formatting of the flow of the items in 200.6a, uh, we added some phrasing to make it sound better, to meet more of the style manuals, way it flows and, and whatnot, and make it technically, we made a technical change when it came to the photovoltaic aspect of it, um, when we're talking about a solidly grounded conductor 
for PV uh, for PV power systems, which was from three nine six ninety dot thirty one to six ninety dot forty one. Um, and we kind of that, and then of course we added the allowance uh, for the exception under item uh, E in grounded conductors of multi-conductor cables. We clarified that the intent here was to allow you to re-identify even if they're smaller than than uh, or if they're six gauge and smaller, uh, which makes sense. It is a cable assembly; shouldn't be a problem. And terminations, we made it clear that it's substantially white. It's probably rare, but it's still there. Uh, it gives uh, manufacturers options to make it white if they want. Uh, but typically, they're going to be silver. So adding white or silver in color uh, to the phrase uh, makes it more plausible. It's also SR7813, in case you want to go back and read it. And so those were the significant changes so far to Article 200. Again, this is still a process that's got to be voted on. So these might not be set in stone. Uh, and you also have the nitmams to worry about. But I'm just kind of giving you a kind of a, a an overview of what took place during the second draft meetings and what might have changed from the first draft. Because I'm assuming by this point you followed the process along and now you want to see what happened in San Diego. That's what this is all about. So if you have any other questions or you wanted some more clarity on anything, please feel free to email me at info, I-N-F-O, at electricalcodeacademy.com or info at masterthenec.com. More than happy to get those emails and respond back. I get hundreds and hundreds of emails a week. I appreciate it. Um, But um, if you have any additional clarity you need, please, by all means, reach out to me. I'm more than happy to help. Thanks again. Until next time, stay safe and God bless. Every day the future's getting closer. Just looking bright Every day is another beginning